But yeah, you're you're looking up at the launch. You're like, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taught him everything he knows. He gone done it. <laughs> you look at him go. I fed him fourteen so, corn dogs and set him on the tilt wheel, and he survived. <laughs> yeah. Wonder he's wondering if he's thinking about that funnel cake like, I made. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. Episode 45. 44. Welcome, folks. Back at you in the month of May. Springtime. Yeah. Finally, starting to feel like it. Fi- yeah, starting to finally feel like it. Yeah, actually uh, warming up the last handful of days. We've had a couple uh, weeks here where uh, we've had to put the old... Uh, Tights on or leg warmers, arm warmers on to go out for a bike ride. and Yeah, so that's one thing we'll have to talk about is our team camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got a lot to talk about in this episode 44. Action-packed with a bunch of space news and then a bunch of stuff going on, too. So, um, But before we get going, Nathan, do you want to introduce the uh, gracious Ecliptic beer for the month of May? I would love to. Another cosmic collaboration between Ecliptic and Von Ebert. And Von Ebert's got this hog of a... Uh, logo you see that yeah i did i was going to look them up while you're um describing this one just to see it is a blackberry meyer lemon ale and Mm. well our listing from ecliptic hello beer lovers spring has definitely sprung here in portland and it's a perfect time to be cracking beers on the patio i hope you're able to do so with our latest cosmic collaboration with von ebert brewing this is super fruity and refreshing beer brewed with Kvik, yeast, Meyer lemons, and blackberry. <coughs> we'll hope you'll pop uh, pop in for our virtual release party with John Harris and Sam Pecca, Pecoraro. Yeah, Pecoraro. Uh, that was August, or April uh, 28th, 29th. Yeah, I think we, <coughs> I think we, we uh, shouted that one out yeah. on the Instagram, though. Yeah. So ho- hopefully maybe somebody uh, got to witness that. But the rundown on the beer is brewed with our friends at Von Ebert Brewing. This Kvik, yeast, fermented ale... <laughs> Was brewed with real blackberries, Meyer lemons, and finished and finishes super dry. A blend of hops including Santra, Mandervia, Bavaria highlight the fruity citrus flavors of this refreshing beer. Six point oh ABV. And then just a quick shout out to uh, yeah. Von Ebert because we've been kind of doing that for the uh, Cosmic Collabs. Crack that before you get to that. Yep. Ooh, that was like a freaking crisp. crisp commercial crisp. level crack right there. Yeah, it's got dark that was color good. To it. So Von Ebert is uh, located in Portland. It's owned and operated by Tom Cook, Dennis January, Eric Simcoe, and Tom S. Cook. Tom S. Cook says, Von Ebert Brewing was named after my great-grandmother Ebert. She was the guiding force to my immigrant family when they came over from Germany to the United States in the early 1900s. The family name Von Ebert translates to of the house of Ebert, and Ebert translates to boar in German. Thus, our theme ah, of a boar huh, was born. The boar. Huh. Their slogan is "Hail the Boar," and uh, shout out! They have the their website has the exact same header font as ours. Ah, I love like it. it. Actually, the same as our logo. Yeah. Oh, maybe wow. uh, there's a little collaboration that yeah. could take place. Brewing. It's a great yeah. font. That's why we cheers, chose boys. it. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. It's got a uh, kind of a purple yeah. amber color to it. Pinkish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
That's good. Oh, it's I black, like it. a lot of blackberry. Yeah, for sure. yeah. It's good. Very, it's very dry, like they yeah. said, dry tart. Yeah. Definitely um, much more dry, which I like because uh, in some cases with fruited beer, it's way too sweet. Yeah. So yeah. This, that's very dry this, good, in this a good way. This is unlike anything I've tasted before. What kind I of like hops it. did it, they say on there? Because I've never heard of that hops. That's like a... It's almost more wine-like. Blended yeah. hops including Strata, Mandar- Mandarina, Bavaria. Hmm. And then the Kvike yeast, yeah. right? That's yeah. a... Kvike? We've had that with um, our friends at Broadleaf. Did their brew with Holy Olaf, one of the favorites there. Yeah. Kvike yeast. Um, I can't remember where it originates from. Somewhere yeah, it was a really good beer. Really good. You know what that means, though. Yep. So it does sometimes uh, result in some in some gas. It does, yeah. <laughs> Honey. Because it's like yeah. a foreign... It's something that your body's like never in really digested. You know, a yeast yeah. strain from Europe is probably not something common yeah. to your gut. It's worth it, though. Oh, yeah. Tastes amazing. Yeah. And it yeah, smells amazing too coming out. <laughs> I do enjoy this. This is um, it ferments well within one's gut. It reminds me of like a uh, a wine or I don't know, like a a tea almost. It, I can't believe how tastes, dry it is on the end. Yeah, tastes like uh, like grapefruit a little bit too. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Oh know? yeah, I think sure. that's yeah. the lemon. But yeah. it tastes like uh, like uh, if you were to just crack a grapefruit open and eat it with a spoon, like yeah. raw yeah. grapefruit. Yeah, no like sugar or anything yeah, added just to straight it. Just up. like straight. Yeah, that's yeah. what it tastes like. Interesting. I, I really do well, like it. It's very refreshing mm-hmm. in the springtime. Yeah. Um, this would be a great warmer weather one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know Good. what the weather's like in Portland right now, but. Well, they said it was nice. Yeah. Look, I mean, based on the uh, the photos recently from uh, from our friends at Ecliptic uh, on their Instagram page, they... Uh, they post quite a few of the new like patios all set up and everything, so I would imagine it's pretty warm out there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I mean, I of course I'm a bias uh, in this comment because I love Ecliptic already, but they post the best patio photos oh, yeah. of any brewery. I think. Yeah. They just have. They got their whole parking lot, parking lot, parking lot, like working for them right now. Yeah, they do, yeah. and it just um, they, they always take them on this most beautiful sunny day. And the tables out there, and they always have their. They do their burger Tuesdays, and uh, yeah. So if you're in Portland, um, the burger. I'm looks jealous. Amazing. I'm yeah. jealous of your uh, proximity to to our friends. Yeah. But uh, yeah, shout out to them, Colette and the whole team. John Harris. Thank you again. Thank you. Colette is the one that always does the write up. Um, yes. So shout out to her for her uh, description of the beer because that kind of adds some identity to it when we describe it. Because of course we're <laughs> talking about it over audio. Um, and then, uh, John Harris, the, the head, the head man, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend. Sounds like he might be visiting soon. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've got maybe a couple interviews when we haven't had one for a while. Uh, so it'll be fantastic coming up here on Eclipse on Tap. John Harris, we, this will be kind of fun cause it'll be like a teaser and yeah. no one will know when, when the next one is, but John Harris, the uh, head brewer and absolute legend of, uh, brewing in the United States. And then our good friend, Rob Mendeering. Yeah, yep. fellow yep. fellow uh, kit logo. We yes, uh, personnel. We need, we need to bring on uh, Iron Mike too at some point. He'd we do. A, he'd be a good combo. And we we asked him yeah. at Team Camp, and he said, "Yeah, yeah. absolutely." Yeah. I think he s- said exactly that. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell me when, and I'll be there. Yeah, he can be we there. We do. We need to get Iron Mike on. Yeah, Iron Mike. Uh, big shout out to him. Actually, that's a good segue into our Team Camp. Um, yeah, this is probably a good way to start because we're talking about weather, and uh, we had some. Maybe not so not so good not weather, favorable. Yeah. but uh, team camp up at um, our, our good friend Iron Mike and fellow teammate EOT teammate um, up in Ludington at his place there. 
right on the lake. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely Beautiful. gorgeous home. Um, I, I, his wife, we'll shout out Wendy, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His wife's family's home, mm-hmm. but really hasn't, I guess, from the sounds of things, her parents aren't planning on coming up, so he just kind of, they said, you know what? We're retired. We're just going to go up here, clean the place up. Yep. Stay up here for a while. Invited us up for a little uh, team camp. Yeah. little yeah. Uh, long weekend. Um, little cycling. Chilling. Yeah, yeah. Cycling team camp in a way where we did um, a nice long ride on Saturday. It was blustery. Probably one of the windiest day. Actually, the windiest day I've ever ridden a bike in. Um, for sure. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, <laughs> it was, 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 was my cheeks. It was actually... <laughs> kind of dangerous i mean yeah it, in some parts but yeah it was it when was the crosswinds still yeah i mean the crosswinds and then like you're even if you have like a cross tailwind or like they a, said we you had know, close to 50 mile an hour yeah. gusts that day and oh, it, yeah. it wasn't like a i mean you, you had a constant wind but then you just get this gust that blow you off the road yeah it was terrifying at times but it was great for team building <laughs> yeah um we, trust we, your teammates everyone yeah we had a great time um up there one um, flat one flat. It was me. Um, Whose fault was it, though? Hosses. <laughs> didn't, didn't, <laughs> call it that, hoss. didn't call it that pothole hoss. So we did have one flat, uh, but, uh, again, you know, team building. We all changed the tire and got it going. And then um, Took three people. Yeah, the Continental, if, you are, if you're a cyclist, the Continental Gator Skins are not easy to get on a rim, FYI. I'm no. sure if you're a cyclist, you, somebody who's listening who's in the community probably already knows. But, uh, yeah, that was a trial and tribulation, no doubt. What I figured out is that you have to have the tire almost <clears throat> the uh, the side that you have actually put on, like, say, you you know, go from the right-hand side. You got the right left-hand side of the tire on the, the rim. You have to have it centered in the wheel where that little dip is in the middle of the, yeah. the rim. That way you don't uh, – I figured that out just recently. Cause You've I, got more clearance? Yeah, a little bit more clearance. But I think we, I told you that while we were – Yeah, I think it. you did, but I was so <laughs> livid that I got a flat tire <laughs> from the pothole. Uh, yeah, that was um, – But it it was a tricky day for uh, cycling for sure, but we rode a good a good, pretty long length there and um, had some six, good camaraderie. 60 miles, I think, but it felt like 160. It absolutely did. I mean, it, it was a challenge. Um, and then had some great camaraderie, a good uh, cookout. With a, well, man, we oh, ate yeah. so we many burgers crushed, and brats. We like crushed some five, brats and five burgers. brats and six <laughs> burgers a piece. Oh my gosh! Because we were just so we were just craving protein after that insane ride. Yeah. Uh, that was a good time and just crushed again, some beers too that night. We did, we did indeed. Um, actually, good good time to shout out um, a new friend of the podcast. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we promised him. Andy is his name. Do you a- recall his last name? Andy Thomas. Andy starving Thomas. Artist. Yep. Starving artist. Starving yep. artist brewing in um, Scottville, Michigan, just east of Ludington. Farmhouse style brewery. He just brews it out of a barn, and uh, he's only open Fridays and Saturdays from like twelve to five or something. Yeah. So it's pretty much just get your growler and go. But he's built quite the cult following from people coming up from Grand Rapids or probably down south from maybe Traverse City and. Um, filling up the tasty brews we and we had i think we all brought four growlers. growlers yeah we all brought growlers up because mike's like oh we'll hit a brewery and fill up our beer or our growlers and then on the ride we tried stopping by for a beer because we were i don't know like within 10 miles of home and he's like yeah i can't have you drink anything on the property right now really sorry about that here's a little taster sample and we're like all right we'll come back so before dinner i think 
Haas was getting the grill going or whatever. They were get, yeah. getting cooking. Or no, and, he and Shimon were chatting with um, Wendy. They were catching yeah. up with her. They weren't doing anything. Yeah. They were yeah. wasting time. As usual. And not <laughs> cooking our food. Um, yeah. yeah, we went and filled our growlers, and we got talking with them. I ended up sending him a, a shirt and a mm-hmm. couple stickers on right when we got back. But he, he hooked us up with some tasty, tasty sours. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um, so we each got a growler, I think, of uh, some of his more you know, uh, famous ones. Yeah. I got like a cream ale. Yeah. Yours was more of like a light one. I had an IPA. You had a sour David. Yeah. Um, It was pretty good. That was really good. And then he gave us, um, a full case actually of, of these fantastic sours. Four packs were one. Each one was a slightly different, uh, fruited sour, same root sour, but uh, one had blueberry, one had raspberry, one had strawberry rhubarb. That was my favorite. Yeah. That was a really good one. And they were, um, Different style sour, of course, definitely sweeter, more jam flavored. Yeah, um, not dry like the one we're drinking now. We've been, we, have we even eaten, drinking so many sours lately? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's, it's, I don't know. Like when we have dinners together, or whatever. It's like yeah. just pour out. Like you know, we get a bunch of different samples of them, just taste them between us all. Because sometimes you'll get a sour that, although it's very good, you don't want to drink twelve ounces of it. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. but you sample them all and you find the ones you like. Man, and that's fun. The yeah. case of beers or sours that he gave us, all yeah. of them, I could I could sit and drink. Yeah. They were top notch. So huge shout out to Andy Thomas, at starving artist. Um, cool little remote lo- remote location. That's but that's what gives it its character and charm. Literally just a barn like out in the middle of yeah. nowhere. So uh, get up there if you're if you're local. He's or well if worth you're the trip. taking a summer road trip. Now's the time. Yeah. Heading up the coast. That's a, a worthy stop along your way. Yeah. yeah. What's that? US 31. If you're driving that uh, road all the way up to Petoskey, um, stop because it's worth it. So I'll have yeah. to um, DM him on Instagram, see if he got the shirt, see if uh, yeah, if he, if he yeah. got it. Um, but yeah, cool dude. So it was a great team camp. Uh, Ludington area uh, was a fun place to be for that weekend, um, even though it was blustery, no doubt. So a little bit. Yeah, but we'll get yeah. him on. We'll get him on. Yeah, for sure. Yep. He uh, he's well well worth chatting to. Lots we, of I'm sure he's got lots of good things to talk about. Could take the whole uh, whole setup there and do and go up to Ludington do uh, the recording in the uh, RV. There you even. go. Yeah, that would could be do that. Uh, yep. He'll podcast up there. He's massive. Uh, well, I guess it's well not even massive, but just absolutely immaculate RV. Massive, but not like. That's the not perfect a bad size. thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like it's very, cons- mm. it's perfect for exactly what he needs. You're not trucking around this big freaking bus. Yeah, trying to watch your clearance on bridges. Right. You're just uh, cruising around in a van. It's like a large van. Um, we should we should confess the uh, confess though uh, that we did kind of destroy the uh, <laughs> the the <laughs> camper and Mike. We uh, yeah, the atmosphere you know. of the uh, of the van when we entered was different than it was when we left yeah little little the ph was off yeah <laughs> the ph in the air was a little bit a little bit off when i woke up that morning but but we uh you know we made making it leaving it how we le- uh, how we found it it's not like we uh made a mess of it or anything we just happened to be gassy yeah <laughs> don't don't light a match uh mike freak give it 30 <laughs> days before you <laughs> i think i drank damn near that whole growler that night well then the night before we had a decent amount too before yeah. the before the ride. Well, we were just watching a, you try to put the tires on the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, yeah, just uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good times there. F- funny, fun times to share with friends and um, good beers to to drink. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what do we got here? I think we we do have to make a tribute to uh, our 
our one of one of our my idols, um, and I think a lot of people who follow Apollo um, or space in general or space travel in general. But Michael Collins are uh, I think uh, one of I mean obviously there's only a couple left of Apollo 11's mission, but also just Apollo as a whole. Yeah. One of just a, you know, few guys left. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, we lost him just this past, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago now. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, two or three weeks, three weeks ago. Obviously a, a beloved character in the, um, story of the, the human space frontier. Um, the the man that uh, landing on the, the landing on the moon mission could not have um, could not have happened without Michael Collins up in the uh, yeah. orbiter there, um, in the in the command module circuiting uh, or sorry orbiting the moon while um, Neil and Buzz were down on the surface. So just a phenomenal human being. It sounded like after you know his Apollo days were over, just always really engaging with the community and yeah, just a great person. So yeah. Definitely R.I.P. Yep. He's, uh, I think he was always one of the, the better personalities. I mean, they all, I mean, I, I love all those dudes, but, um, he, he definitely just listening to the way he, uh, described, you know, the, the process of just getting selected for the mission and then the position that he was put in as command module pilot. Um, yeah, or, that might scare you know, me so. more than, I don't know if that might scare me more than going to the surface. Because you're alone. Mm-hmm. The guy that's going to the surface, you got somebody co-piloting. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're you're coming in, you're orbiting. They're about to go down to the surface, and they're just leaving you behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, <clears throat> I don't know. They, they, Although they, you could yeah. leave them behind. <laughs> well, that's, just, that's the other part of it you is, like, if you don't redock or something, and you just come back and left yeah, can two you, guys behind, and exactly. that's on you. Like, that, that's a... Can you imagine, like, if the uh, lunar module just maybe out of just random coincidence, like, they did everything right, but it just didn't click in the right way, and it went off course, and there was no way to get it? Then he, yeah, exactly. He's the only one that actually has the propulsion to get get back home. Back, yeah. Um, Or so an enormous amount of pressure on his shoulders. Um, Exactly. I mean, he the the mission as as triumphant as the lunar landing was, and as much, you know, very. rightfully so the, as much press as that got not enough uh not enough talk about his ability to maintain that command module properly and coordinate yeah, the rendezvous I mean, and yeah it's not like you're just sitting up there floating around waiting for the guys to come back up like yeah you've got a whole list of responsibilities there mm-hmm. they it's you and you alone that yeah. have to do it you know yeah yeah just insane so uh, big cheers! Cheers! Yeah, cheers we should do literal cheers. cheers. Michael Collins and and the RIP. Uh, I already finished my cheers. Your can, so yeah. Cheers to my can. But I, uh, I always think about just you know, eat, like you guys said, um, you know, it's one thing. Okay, they get off the moon. That you know, Neil and Buzz get off the moon and they go to dock and something goes wrong. But even something happens down there and and they're still on the moon and you're told that you have to go home without them. You yeah, know, yeah. Like they they had to train for all that kind of stuff. And then I also think about just being alone in the command module uh, on the dark side of the moon while, you know, they're down there. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're literally on the opposite side of the moon from the earth and you're the Mm -hmm. only one out there, you know, that's gotta be a weird feeling, you know, but yeah, um, definitely. I'm sure a very lonely feeling and, and getting back to like 
the guys on the moon, even if, even if you're trying, like, so here's just another, like these Apollo astronauts, how incredible, um, their, their just ability to keep focus was, um, in the, in the ice in their veins, so to speak. Even if you've trained to be able to emotionally handle leaving those guys behind, you figure how close they were. They went through a lot together. They're, they're probably, I don't know if they're best friends, but they're definitely, they're teammates, right? Well, and your, your life is in the hands of your co-pilots yeah and they they train they they had so much all as a as a group i'm sure there was you know apparent camaraderie there and then to be able to handle your like they say guys we have to we we need to turn back and send you away alone um being able to manage that while dealing with the emotions of doing that so just incredible obviously that didn't happen but he i'm (laughs) yeah he's the kind of guy that would have he had you have to be just like well here I am like you just and that was kind of his mentality like you're just kind of you don't really think about you know the you 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 make it through each step one by one yeah and you're like you think in the now yeah yeah, you think in the here and the now and then okay what what's the next um you know link in the daisy chain to get to the next step of the whole mission and Mm -hmm. you just hope you pass each step along the way and that's kind of the way I think a lot of those guys had um you know their outlook on it while they were there you know it's yeah, it's a it's a really good point, and it's actually, I mean, it's a good the way that they uh, conducted themselves in those missions. You can like extrapolate that into like your everyday life, even, and that's why they're kind of heroes and idols to to people like us, because it's like, yeah, we're just gonna move forward here, the in the here and now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure I'm you know doing what I can do, controlling what I can tr- can control, and not thinking about leaving those guys down on the moon. Yes, is it a possibility? Sure. Um, but just focusing on what is in front of them. Right. It's pretty amazing. Yep. The other thing yeah. I, I just thought of, like, because I'm thinking if I was completely isolated, isolated like that, I would want radio communication, you know, back to, you know, ground control or to the guys on the moon. But when he's orbiting, he doesn't have any radio communication. So it's just it's blackout yeah. silence. Yeah. yeah. And you're on the other side of the moon. You can't talk to anybody. And you're just waiting. <laughs> that that yeah, would yeah. be, that'd be rough. Yeah. Anxiety inducing. Yeah. He's just sitting there like a, with a newspaper. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> like, no, you know, you know, I don't, you, maybe they have a tape player, you play some music or whatever, but man, that would be rough. Like I can't even communicate with launch control. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd I'm be the closest my thing out here. Floating. You, you know, we talked about how scary it would be if you were on like an EVA and you got detached and you were just like floating out into space and it yeah. was like, all right, this is the end. It's it's inevitable, but I'm gonna be here for a while. So what am I thinking about? Yeah, it's the closest you'd get to that. I yeah, mean, yeah. Obviously, you're still in the orbit of the moon, and you're not launching out into deep space, and Talk you about can like propel. But sensory yeah. sensory deprivation that would yeah. be like the ultimate. You are the furthest human from Earth. You have no ability to communicate with Earth. Yeah, and you're alone. You're just yeah. yeah you're out by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the view on the on the dark side. <laughs> oh yeah, must I mean, <laughs> spectacular. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I I would be uh, I'd be a little, just make the uh, the hair on the back of the neck stand up a little bit, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just a crazy um, feat that those guys, of course, achieved, and we talk about it a lot on the podcast because it's it's well worth talking about. That's one of the, I think one of the the pillars of the podcast is to to always maintain that enthusiasm for what those guys did. Oh, just um, respect. Just because it, it does sometimes, 
you know, obviously, you know, his death is making national news. It's very well, you know, every a lot of people paying their respects. But I think in general, just as far as overall publicity, the Apollo days, and it was just any of those days, early space frontiering just doesn't get enough press nowadays. Right. No. He had been in poor health, right? I th- you know, he, yeah, he, he was. And he he was quite cancer. old. Yeah, he was, he was quite old. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, lived a good life. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, One of the best, I'm sure. You go through the... Uh, I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, I always think about that too. A lot of these guys, they've lived a long time having gone through uh, the radiation belts, um, mm-hmm. you know, that are basically halfway... I think pretty just about halfway to the moon, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and there's really, I mean, you've got like a tin can you're floating around in, like protecting you from that uh, right. intense radiation. So you, you just, I'm surprised that it, it, really a lot of them have uh, lived long lives after they got back, you know. Yeah. Think, but, think about what, all they saw in their life too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the moon missions were late 60s. So you got to think he was probably at least in his thirties at that point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because I I was wasn't he ninety one well, when he died. Um, yeah, he was right around ninety, yeah. I think. But I mean, just think back to like all that they. I mean, they were on the first, the first moon missions. I mean, it wasn't terribly long before that that you you had the first space launches. Mm-hmm. unmanned even and then to live through you know going to the moon and now what we're doing we're sending rovers to mars we're now launching off the rovers in you know on mars yeah yeah they've which seen is another lot. piece of news to talk about but definitely you know just all the, the the generations of space travel that they were able to witness and everything that they witnessed here on earth you know mm-hmm. you, you go back that far and you're talking wars and yeah you know how many presidents and yeah he was born in 1930 so yeah he saw world war ii yeah, as uh, 91 then right as a teenager you know yeah. um so yeah 90 uh he aged and then he would have been yeah like in his mid 30s yeah mid to late 30s when he yeah. did the so, Apollo 11 mission yeah 1930 yeah. all the way to damn. and then um he he actually achieved so much as a serviceman he was at the end of his career before he, you know, obviously moved into a space career, was a major general in the United States Air Force. Hmm. That would be like me living to 2072. It's crazy to think about. <laughs> Ain't gonna it, happen. It, it, could, it could happen, you know, keep riding your bike, you know. Yeah, so 19, he was a third group of 14 astronauts selected as NASA's, you know, uh, Gemini and Apollo all those days. He was selected in 1963. So he was 33 when he got selected. Yeah. Uh, he'd already seen quite a lot in his life. And then he flew in space twice, Gemini 10, um, in which he and command pilot John Young performed orbital rendezvous with two spacecraft. Um, so he obviously was very skilled in the rendezvousing techniques with uh, all that, all the commands for that. Right. Pro- probably a huge imperative reason as to why he was chosen as uh, his role for Apollo 11. But I yeah John Young uh, John Young and Michael Collins in the same capsule for Gemini Ten. <laughs> so probably not legends. a lot of chatting. <laughs> they seem like pretty you stoic know, stoic type guys, yeah. but absolute legends. Just to yeah. think about the brain power and the um, just I mean everything about them characteristics wise, crazy. Yeah. That's um. So I'm just like I looked up how old Neil and Buzz were, 
Um, Buzz is getting up there. They were, they were. So Neil was thirty-eight. Buzz was thirty-nine when they walked on the moon. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old? Is, yeah. How? Wh- what year was Buzz born? Because he's he's still around. So it would have been right that around that same. Yeah, in the early nineteen thirties, yeah. probably. Um, so yeah, he's getting yeah. up there too. Hmm. But yeah, it is. It's weird to think about because you think, but but then even if you think about NASA astronauts, most of them are like. Older in their yeah older yeah like yeah. in their late in the mid to late thirties or forties yeah like thirty nine forty that's pretty old <laughs> yeah you know that's like you're you're getting like gray hair you know <laughs> forty <laughs> um but yeah for whatever reason it it just when you when you think about that um I think it's just because you figure I don't know. I guess I don't know Trent, why. There's got to be, buzzes. I think, I think yeah, the biggest. He was born January 20, 1930. So he's, he, the he's same, already 91. Similar, similarly aged to uh, Michael Collins. He yeah. doesn't look that old. I mean, he's still fucking ripped. Yeah. Like, he's he's kind of yeah. like the, the bad boy of the Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's fun to, you know, follow. He, he's very active on social media and all yeah, that. Big so. time. Yeah. And that's and what, even yeah, Michael, Collins was too. Yeah. That's what I was going to, yeah, yeah. Very engaging with the, like fans and stuff. Yeah. I actually reached good. out to him for an interview once for our podcast. <laughs> we did. Yeah. 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 I did Charlie. I thought Duke, you did. Yeah. Charlie Duke and Michael Collins. The reason I did Charlie Duke is because I had seen him on that, uh, remember I was talking oh, yeah. about the duck hunting show. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he would, he did like a duck hunting show for like local TV in Indiana. Yeah. Maybe he, I don't know. And so he, yeah, emailed Charlie and then and never heard anything back as I was expecting. <laughs> right, just then, went to uh, junk mail. Yeah. And then I, we did email Michael Collins a couple of years ago because of the fact that he was so engaging on social media. Um, but come on buzz. Yeah. We got, that'd be amazing. I would die. So who do we have left though? I mean, you know, you got buzz. Um, if you're talking Duke, like yeah. Apollo astronauts, are you talking about landing on the moon or just, any um, of, just a, Apollo astronauts in general, in general. I mean, you know, so yeah, you've got uh, buzz Duke, Harrison Schmidt. You got there, Gene I think Kranz a, is still around, but he, he was you know he was obviously a flight yeah on the ground yeah director but yep yeah. um yeah I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting of course many there's still yeah. many of them um but some of the, like maybe the later Apollo missions yeah I think there's a couple of them yeah but um yeah I mean if if you think about that the Apollo program spanned almost a decade wasn't it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, close to. As far as if you're talking from inception right. till uh, completion, yeah, yeah, um, which is wild, yeah, to think about what they accomplished during that time. But obviously, there was things leading up to it: Gemini, Mercury, etc. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, R.I.P. Michael Collins. They unfortunately yep. are. It's that. It's getting to that time where they're all getting up there in age and. Um, Bottoms need, up, Michael. They need to be remembered uh, for for all time. I mean, absolutely. Off to a better place. Yep. But you're talking, oh. Nathan, about ingenuity. The uh, the rover. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the helicopter that launched off the Mars rover. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Just Very the, cool photos that we got of it yeah, too. So cool. Um, just to think that I mean, that's the first time we've been able to launch something to Mars have it drive around that's already been happening for sure but then also launch something off of that to go fly around yeah yeah like a drone almost Mm -hmm. type uh helicopter and they're saying it's going to cover exponential 
exponentially more distance than the rover will. Oh yeah, like, obviously. Well, and I mean, I don't know if they have plans to have it land elsewhere and then take back off and go back to the the base where the rover is. But I think I'm not sure exactly. I mean, obviously, it's in the early stages of development, but I think eventually. I mean, this is paving the way for just drones in general on right. Mars. So this one, you know, can go up a little bit. It can fly around. It can, it can it's definitely capable, mm-hmm. but it's still not like super robust. It's, it's obviously like the sideshow to the rover. Yeah. It, it was almost like, let's see if we can do this. But if they start sending up like robust drones to Mars and you figure if in 10 or 15 or 20 years, they send up like what they're doing with Starlink where yeah. they're sending like yeah. you could have like drones just everywhere on mars they're doing 60 starlinks at a time right yeah like just and I, those are satellites obviously right. yeah but um because yeah. we already have a lot of satellites around mars you can look at like a kind of a obviously not as detailed but like google mars you know like yeah. just like google earth you can see satellite images from all around mars yeah but this would be insane to have just something on the ground so to speak not physically but down low to the point where it could encounter whatever it's going to encounter um, over the, yeah, who knows? Watch well, is like made out of like pine wood, derby wood. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> this, this one's this, like balsa this, wood. Yeah. They're like, well, we'll just send this one up first. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> it looks like a science a model Olymp- plane. Yeah. A science Olympiad project yeah. or something. But, but to see that thing fly in general was just insane. Like just to, when you think about, um, again, if we talk like that, that, that setting of where, there's some something that's looking at us as a simulation. Can you imagine like what that is thinking when, the, like we launch something to a planet and then we launch something off that? Like yeah. it's it's a it's a big yeah. step. They're for sure. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like just, laughing. Just a couple hundred <laughs> more million years, you'll catch up with us. <laughs> laughing, be like, look at they sent a freaking balsa wood helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a phenomenal feat. What one thing that actually contrasting how we were saying that the Apollo astronauts were actually, you know, mid to late thirties or, or older and in NASA as well. Contrasting. Did you see the videos from like the control room for the helicopter? No. So, so just that specific project, right? Oh, it's all like 16 year old. They look, it looks like the high school robotics team. Like yeah. it, it's like these young, young kids, like, yeah. or not kids, but young adults that are in like their, this is their first job, like out of college. They're like 21. It was crazy. And, huh. and this month, you know, obviously, Gamers. yeah, it's like they, <laughs> They um, obviously have a much larger team for the whole rover, but just the ingenuity team of the uh, copter. It was uh, it was cool to see this younger bunch of school kids. Yeah, a bunch of school it's, boys. It's and girls. encouraging to know that kid. I mean, I, I I may have been accurate in saying you know they're all gamers and that's why they're good with robotics and whatever. But it's encouraging also to see a younger generation really getting excited about space travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on the robotics team in high school. <laughs> yeah. The Axford RoboCats. <laughs> the RoboCats. <laughs> that was more. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Were you making uh, the, ro- the robots that fight each other? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. RoboCat yeah. fights. Yep. It was, uh, yeah. It w- that, seriously, though. That's yeah. how it was. That was a great TV show and they had that. It's still on. They brought it back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The BattleBots show. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is nowadays on that show, I saw it on like Instagram or something. It's almost not even fun to watch. Cause you know, how they used to like flip each other and like yeah. buzz saws and whatever it was. Um, it's now just like these rotary ones. They're spinning at like ridiculous RPMs, So they just like run up and just bounce off each other. Oh, and it's essentially mm, like whichever one flips over first. 
No, because the whole premise of the show was like, what technique do you want? Do you want to like grind up your competitor or you just want to flip them over? <laughs> or burn them? Some of them have yeah, flame yeah. yeah, burn them. Yeah. Like, that was the whole premise of the show. Mm-hmm. And then they do a preview That's of each. lame. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely gotten not as cool. Um, but it kind of makes sense. Like, that. Sh- it's almost as if the show is like kind of played out. Like, yeah, they've yeah. gotten so good at figuring out the mechanics of like what is the most essential or the best way to do this not all of them are like that i will say there's still some that flip and sometimes those ones win because it like if it gets underneath the lip of what's spinning right it can clear it and not get touched it can launch it oh that that like most of them back in the day were all like wedge shaped so Mm -hmm. they basically like scraped the ground on the front end so there was it was much harder to like get underneath them to lift them yeah yeah, yeah, that was a cool show. That was a, that was it, interesting it was, technique. It was similar to like WWF, but for little for robots. robots. But it was because like, it was like uh, cage fighting type thing. Yeah, yeah UFC. Like, UFC, yeah, yeah. And then, well, they'd show like this badass robot. Then they'd show the dude controlling it. You're just like, oh my God. And then <laughs> and then each robot, they'd do like a preview of what like the special trick the robot could do. And then yeah. you're like, oh, that one's got a saw on it. And then like, and they even, watch out for the saw. It's got a saw and it flips. <laughs> <laughs> they would do um, like the, the robot profile, just like before like a boxing match, they show like the, the reach and the height yeah. and the way they would do it's all It's record. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 27 or no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was that was a great show. But back in so so in the in the school days, um, it wasn't like it was it was essentially you're designing a robot to complete a certain type of task. Oh yeah, and oh. um, and that was a task that was like set by the like na- U.S. National whatever like the committee, and they would submit they'd give you that task, but they'd give it to you only with I mean six weeks before the competition, so you'd have to like in the off season pretty much figure out kind of like make predictions as to what it could be. They'd give you like a teaser. Yeah. And then you'd have to kind Look of get different build options for yeah, whatever it might be. be. Like, could it yeah. work like this? Or, and then you ultimately decide. And then the did task, they, did they assign you like what, you know, what you could build it out of it, or were you just on your own? Like however you wanted to build it out of whatever material. Yeah. It was pretty it was, much. It was, yeah. There okay. was no template or anything. It wasn't like, here's the box of goods you can use. Yeah. Go ahead and try to build it. And however you build it, no, it was like sheet metal and yeah. whatever that we used to partner with the uh right on M twenty four through there on the southeast side of Michigan, north of Detroit. Uh, you pass the Chrysler headquarters. Mm-hmm. So we'd partner with like the labs there and get sheet metal and stuff. But the task was to take a very large ball, like a yoga ball. Like or not yoga ball. Uh what are those? Like a big exercise ball, those massive ones people sit uh, on. Yeah, the ones yeah. people yeah, sit well, on. Yeah, yeah. It's like a yoga ball. Yeah, yeah, like a big like thirty-six inch ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there was like this ladder structure. Like it literally looked like if you had a ladder pa- parallel to the ground, but like six feet up, mm-hmm. like different rungs. Mm-hmm. And the goal was there's four people on each side, so it would be like a random draw. So it's like we get the draw. Okay, we're Oxford High School. We're gonna we're partnered with Lapeer High School and you know Detroit Country Day or whatever. Just the different schools. And so you're on a team of four against the other four schools and you have to get your team's colored yoga ball on top of the ladder, like sitting there. So, but the, the thing is you could like play different roles. You could be one with a big arm that's going to a claw that's going to grab it and reach up and put it. But then you could actually be like a defender too. So you like our robot the entire goal was just like to the like Akeem knock it off. Of, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get the blocks. Not in my house. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. It was like this bracket on the top and it had, um, two, 
claw looking things, but they could like bend just a little bit enough for where the robot could go underneath the ladder. But if you drove it really fast, it'd hit the ladder and like knock the ball off and then still keep going kind of swoop under yeah and then spin around so we just knock the knock the other team's ball off of the ladder yeah and it was really successful it was pretty fun i think it was a nerdy moment but we made it to like the state quarterfinals (laughs) yeah yeah it's a good time in the quarterfinals (laughs) and then there was there was like scouting cats there was scouting so like everyone had a different role like there's everyone's kind of trying to build it together but certain people have better skills than others maybe others are better with engineering i wasn't one of those kids and i just was more interested in like the dynamics of it and then like i'd be like the scout yeah so we you know the reach is six foot two (laughs) you don't know what they're uh, we need to extend our arm by four inches you don't know who you're going to get teammate teammate who who's going to be a teammate and who's going to be a foe yeah um so you're like going around kind of like you know spying on other teams a little bit at the tournament or whatever trying to just see like oh yeah they've got a flipper method so if if they get selected on our team then we're good or (laughs) yeah you're like the spotter yeah yeah. you know yeah and it was a fun role it was a really fun like role for that team yeah i could get into that that'd be fun yeah Yeah. because i wasn't there wasn't as much like I would have just been absolutely terrible at like at the driver position. We had a kid that was good at that. Like I'm good at maybe playing video games or something on like with a joystick. But if you're just trying to, I don't think, I don't know. You'd probably be good at it. Cause you did RC. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're talking it, about that it, it remi- yeah, it reminds me of uh, the RC racing days. Yeah. But, so that, that idea yeah. of like physically controlling something that's pretty far from you, but it's on the same plane. Like, yeah. You're not looking at it from bird's eye. Yeah. You're trying to like gauge space and stuff. Yeah, so there was somebody that was really good at that. And yeah, it was a good time. It was a really good time. The yeah. RoboCast. Yeah. Trust. That would have been that would have been a lot of fun. It's almost like uh I it reminds me of like we had uh I was in science Olympiad in middle school. Mm. We we would have like a plane that we'd build or, you know, whatever that happened yeah. to be. Or and a bridge just, and you had to hold weight on the yeah. bridge, yeah. Yeah, it's just and uh even like uh, there was a competition for like a um, distance on a car you'd like oh, yeah. make a car from scratch we would do that too yeah but it had some sort of, <clears> kind of the same thing mechanism yeah. yeah but yeah those are the types of programs that get people involved in these things we're talking about the ingenuity cop ingenuity copter that just launched itself off of a rover that was sent to mars um was designed and and probably kind of uh, project managed by a really group group of younger people i'm sure yeah. there's obviously like maybe more senior people at NASA kind of overseeing. But a lot of that legwork is done by some really bright young people. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Props. Major props. That was that was cool to see. Just to see the dust like blow when it started spinning up. Wild. I don't have the gray matter for that. Like (laughs) I just Yeah. I mean I'd have a hard time designing a parachute for my daughter's Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's insane to me. Yeah, the the level of knowledge that they have, yeah. and the skill set they have for really being good engineers, mostly um, that yeah. style of thinker is really important. Obviously, in especially if you're talking space, you know, space frontiering, that is an almost a necessity. That's yeah. the thing that's wild about these Apollo astronauts is they have that, all of those skills and all of that knowledge, but also the balls. Yeah. yeah, like they were the gonads. Just, yeah, just ice in their veins, like really over, just badasses. insane. Just like 
Oh, just wildly talented human being. Yeah. You know, like in, in every yeah. regard. Um, Intelligent, sharp, um, work, you know, basically like any life-threatening situation you could throw at them. They had to be cool as a cucumber, you know, just very special individual, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. Few and far between. The thing, that's, why, that's why they're so cherished. The and, thing and that, it should be. I'm sorry, Matt. You're, you're good. Mean to interrupt. The thing that like really just gets me is when I went to the space museum, you know, you look at some of those old capsules and, and what, you know, the Gemini's and Mercury's, you know, the, it is just so primitive. I mean, it basically is a tin can and literally nothing be, it's, it's just like a tin wall. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing, like there's no fascia that, may, <laughs> that makes it look prettier. And like when you're inside an airplane, yeah, essentially you're in a tin can, but they've got, you know, the fascia and like the windscreen, or like the, to make it feel comfortable. Yeah. 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 For them, it was just like you're literally going up there in a tin can. It was function. It was function over form. Yeah. And nowadays, it's, it's, it's like yeah. The, I don't know. Something about that just freaks me out. I and maybe I'd feel that way if I was on a you know airplane that wasn't a commercial airliner, and you know it's just you're sitting in the back of an aluminum box, but like a cargo plane. Yeah. Or something. yeah. You know. But man, it just yeah, it, it yeah. just freaks me the hell out. Well, and you, so you think about the lem even landing on the moon. The lem was like in some spots about as thick as a couple of sheets of tin foil. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> when Neil and Buzz landed on the moon, like there was actually, um, you know, as he's coming out, as Buzz is going down the ladder and like actually exiting out of the lem, he's like, um, okay. And I'm turning around, I'm exiting the lem. Uh, careful not to shut the door on my way out. Because yeah. if they if they shut the door, there's no way to bust the thing open again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Like, just think about that. Like, like yeah. the technology that they had. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Very primitive. Um. Crazy. But yeah. Well, we. I anyway. think I'm empty with my uh, empty. Uh, Meyer lemon. Yeah. What was it called? Meyer. Sorry. On that note, blackberry Meyer lemon ale from Ecliptic and von Ebert. The cosmic collaboration. Cheers, Ecliptic Brewing, uh, for sending this one out, as always. And nice work, Von Ebert. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cheers. Super cool can. We Two. knew we knew Ecliptic wasn't going to let us down. Von Ebert, you were suspect until we tasted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> small small farmhouse-style brewery. Um, but yeah, two hogs or boars for heads, astronauts, cheers, and beers in space. Mm-mm. Fantastic. Good stuff. Um, yeah. You figure anybody that Ecliptic is collabing with is got to be pretty good. They, I don't, you know I what concur. I mean? Yeah. Like John Harris is asking you to collab. Yeah. yeah that's making the big leagues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you uh, I think these astronauts have balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but can you actually if you think about that, that? That really is true. Like maybe these small town breweries, the ones that are like just getting their footing or like not, but they're really talented and they're looking for that like, somebody to kind of acknowledge them. Yeah, and then, it kind of yeah. legitim- legitimizes you. Yeah, you know? for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I'm sure, I'm not I'm not saying that Von Ebert isn't well-established. I don't know enough about them, but I'm just saying in general, if you like some of the ones that they've collabed with seem like they've been smaller. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's got to be a cool feeling because John yeah, Harris yeah. is a legend. Legendary. Very much looking forward to talking to him again. Yep. yep. It's going to be good. Yeah. But uh, we'll uh, take a quick break. Be back with you for the second half. Cheers. Cheers. 
Welcome back from the break. Episode 44. Episode yeah. 44. They're yeah. flying by. I can't even remember the name of the episode we're on. Yeah, 44. Getting the, close to 50 That now. is wild. 44 episodes. Look, that's substantial. Yeah. That's not like we uh, tried to pi- podcast out and it like wasn't, we weren't having fun with it. Yeah. And it just fizzled. Yeah. That This ain't that. No, no. Kept it going strong. We're legit. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. And and think about like the upcoming interviews we've got. Um, it's going to be a good time yeah. to talk. Even just John Harris, we talked to him February 2019. We had the new gear and stuff. That was like one of the first episodes when we had, when it was just still David yeah, and I. I was going to say it was before yeah. me. It was still just David and I. We had the new mixer, the one that we bought with the two mics and everything. And these two mics, yeah. Yeah, and it was still, so it was, it's, it was to that stage where we were like getting more into it. But uh, in the pub here, in the pub, yep, it was here. Uh, beyond the E Rook days when we got our uh, footing back when it was the Green Roots podcast, or sorry, Grassroots, um, <laughs> and Green and Green. Um, the situation was still somewhat novice in that we didn't know, like, like I was telling you today, the, the way that in which we did the inter- interview, not the content of the interview, that was fantastic, but the actual like tech behind it we did we tried to do it over skype yeah so figure something out next yeah i've got i've got a couple ideas to try but we can test them yeah we'll probably still have to use skype i would imagine we or we have to ask john what he has yeah that's the thing is like if he's just and it's totally fine you never know what the interviewer has like we we interviewed brady and at the time he brady keniston very uh talented space photographer for those that don't know we talk about him a lot on the podcast a friend of the podcast he had a very legit setup back in the days when we were just using our little tiny, like his setup was exponentially better than ours. So sometimes the interviewer might have a really good setup with a nice mic and everything, but then other times they might just be on their computer doing Skype and that's just fine. Um, but there is a way for me to hook up to his audio, um, live. And so essentially like the fourth input on my mixer would be his, his, um, contribution. Okay. Um, so that would be better if I can figure out how to do that. Yeah. But if not, I mean, it's not like it sounded bad. But when we, no. It was just, no. it was difficult to try to figure out. I mean, out we always we, sound yeah. bad, so. Well, <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 and it might be a situation where we say, hey, um, or or maybe John's like, I'm planning on going to the, the pub 39A. Stop by for the actual all live show. Hell, you never know. You never know. The red carpet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If he uh, had a meeting for another collab with Bells or something. Yeah. You know, go down could, there, have them come up here, whatever. That, that would could, be so that could awesome. Be cool. Yeah, have them come up here. Yeah, definitely roll out the red carpet. Yeah, definitely at the. Uh, That'd be Pub Thirty Nine's Thirty Nine A's most famous guest. It would be. Nah. Yeah. I've been through these doors. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Killer Carl's been through the doors. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's a competition there between and, uh, Carl and, and Ken Mattingly's been uh, yes. race chaser dad. I mean, he's probably the, the most popular. Yeah, we'll do that and then. Uh, Sorry, my glasses. Well, well empty. yeah, we'll crack the beer too. Nathan yeah. has a has a uh, a request for the next beer. All right, um, I don't know much about this beer, but uh, you, so you don't recognize the uh, this here below the the series of strange letters and numbers. Uh, no, I do I do not. Um, but anyhow, um, this is from uh, is it Evil Twin Brewing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks good. Uh, we named this beer. Kyle. Kyle. I think that's what Elon calls his son. I, I, yeah. I'm going to look it up. But, <clears throat> well, but yeah, so that's the name of Elon's son. What's on the front? Like legally. Yeah. What does it say? It's like XA. XAE as one letter. 
X-A-E. David. X-A-E-A-X-I-I. Seven at the end. Yeah, seven. Roman I, I just bought it because it, I thought it was funny. It was yeah. like a spoof on yeah, the name. It says son. the name is pronounced Kyle. I'll track it. Kyle. What kind of beer is it? I didn't even look. Oh, I just saw oh. the label and I was oh. like, oh, I got to get it. Um, <clears throat> brewed and packaged for Evil Twin Brewing by Westbrook Brewing Co. in Mount Pleasant, uh, South Carolina. And uh, we're looking at a... Uh, Double dry hopped India pale ale. Ooh, yep. Hops, hops, uh, citra, sabro. Is that how that sabro? Sabro. Wakatu. Sabro wakatu. <laughs> Mat, Matweka? Oh, David. Mat, <laughs> um, it's pronounced Evil Twin is back. Did you miss us? Oh, that's that's how it goes. Okay. And it's uh, one pint I'm holding in my hands. ABV 8%. Ooh. Oh. A rich, a very rich IPA. And uh, the texture of the can, (laughs) very aluminum-ish, and uh, And I'll crack it. A matte finish. Very matte finish. So so the pronunciation would be, we named this beer Kyle. Elon Musk, interesting character. Should I give it the sniff test? Please do. Give me a... Oh yeah, very citra, citra hops. I can I can pick up on the citra from the the whiff. Sabro, sabro, the sabro hops. Macatoya, <laughs> the macatoya hops. <laughs> can really get a nose for those. You know me, I got a great nose for that that hops. It does smell good. It smells. I, I agree. The citra. It reminds me. It smells like the um, the cit. It's this smells like an odd right. side beer. To me, yeah. well, Citra. We're about yeah. to find out, it guys. Smells kind of sour. And sip. Ooh, like, that's good. It's like, like a really tart OJ. Yeah, yeah. It's like a. I can taste that, but like tart from the hops. Yeah, not from like being a sour. Yeah. I could go for some pulp in this, maybe. <laughs> some sauce. Some yeah. bacon. <laughs> some. Some maybe a couple of bacon, <laughs> a couple of chunks bacon of cheese, bits, <laughs> bacon bits, and some cheese, <laughs> sausage. Hell, throw an egg on it too. Might as well. Very good though. Fry up an egg on it. No, very good. Tastes like uh, sort of like Tangerine Space Machine um, from mm-hmm. New Holland, kind of a little Definitely. bit. Definitely, yeah, the kind of the orange flavor, but it has like much more of a hot bite. That's what yeah. I think I'm getting more than like. I mean, it's that you kind of think of it as tart almost, but it's yeah. like that bite from the hops. Yeah. It's really, um, really like, strong, but good. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd <coughs> sub this for uh, OJ, actually. <laughs> In the tomorrow morning. morning. I only got one, sorry. What's yeah, that? Very good. I said tomorrow morning. I, yeah. I only got one, though. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, you Put can, some saran wrap on. <laughs> I'll save it. Oh, it's very yeah. good, though. Very good beer. Yeah. Space themes, in a way, because, of course, Elon, the, the reference to Elon Musk's son, um, Elon having uh, such a big um, role, really, in the modern an era of space. He was on SNL last week, right? <coughs> he was. He was. Yep. He was on SNL. Oh uh, yeah. I didn't watch it live, but I've seen yeah. the, the the videos from it. So I watched some live, and I was kind of like eh. some of the skits. Like, I mean, the ones that I was watching, I was like basically falling asleep while I was watching it. But mm-hmm. um, it was it was okay. I mean, I 
right in like the the monologues like like the very beginning with his mom mm-hmm. there yeah that's when i was watching a little bit then i watched a couple of the skits and the skits were kind of yeah nah. yeah it's like sometimes snl <clears throat> the skits are really funny and other times they're just kind of like yeah. the more the pack fill the type. californians is that's a good one such a good one oh, i love that one yeah even like some of the i, I never watched snl when that was on but like then more I found modern, it, yeah. Yeah, I found it on like YouTube. And I fucking love it. What are you doing here, Devin? <laughs> it's so good, and that's definitely a more modern one. So it's like a lot of times when I think about the really funny SNL skits, I think back to the Will Ferrell days, like yeah, old, yeah. a little bit older. But Farley and the Farley yeah. days, yep. But there are some more um, modern ones that are very funny. But the ones that, yeah, this this last week, they weren't particular. I mean, some there were some laughs, sure, but they weren't like that memorable yeah yeah it depends on like the guest too like mm-hmm. you know obviously elon's not a you know comedian or an actor or sure. whatever you know so he was i mean the ones that i saw he was you know it wasn't wasn't exactly he didn't seem like he was totally comfortable you know a little, little yeah. bit a little bit uh nervous maybe you know definitely but, whereas like the californians that's like when um or was that when chris i think Kristen wig was on snl yeah, she wasn't brought back as a guest, but but they had like I don't know whoever the guest was, which was much more probably it was an actor already and yeah. just could like fill in, but still have like the laughs of it being live. You know, yeah. that's what's almost more funny is the bloopers from those, or I even the live. Bradley cuts Cooper was in one of those, one of the yeah. Californians. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe it was him as the <clears> guest, but I haven't seen that one. But um, but yeah, yeah, he was on the on the show, so he's definitely that kind of the face of space in um, you know this era. And talking about his achievements lately, the Starship project is really taking big, big gains here, big steps in the last uh, several months. We saw SN15 launch and land for the first time flawlessly yeah. to a degree. Um, the previous one <clears throat> had landed but and uh, was upright but didn't land properly. It was uh, one of the legs had broken. It was kind of just, you know, like leaning tower of Pisa a little bit. But this was the first one that landed properly. Um, No issues. Pretty amazing. Yeah. For for those who don't know, that's like pretty much the command module of Starship, essentially. mm -hmm. You know. Like the orbiter. Like the, uh, just like the space shuttle was kind of the piloting capsule. Yeah. It's like taking the space shuttle and instead of keeping the boosters on the sides like or sorry the fuel tank on the bottom and the boosters on the sides putting that all underneath in one giant stack yeah and saying uh, we're actually going to reuse that whole piece the booster and um send this space shuttle orbiter type thing where the people would be in the cargo out into into inter you know interplanetary space it's insane i I was thinking like at first i was like you know obviously you want to make sure you know the, the 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 one part of the vehicle that's holding the people needs to be mastered first but at the same time, I was kind of thinking, I wonder why they're not like testing the, you know, the main booster to get it off the ground yet or, you know, all this. But I think this is probably smart the way that they're doing it just to make sure the thing that's actually holding the the people um, and, and the astronauts and all that is, you know, make sure that that thing can actually function the way it's supposed to first. And all the while, I'm sure they're, you know, doing some on the ground testing of the, the other rockets you know the, yeah, the, the yeah. dragon rockets that they're actually going to be using um and and those ones they've actually already kind of gotten down to a science it's just a matter of they're bundling 
how many of those into the yeah. i mean it's going to be quite a, a few. lot 27 yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. it's something yeah. insane wild. number yeah. but it's a lot you you the, the raptor i think they're are they rap raptor or um uh, yeah yeah or dragon like your dragon's the capsule for okay. the raptor engines yeah maybe maybe raptor head yeah <clears throat> but trying to yeah but yeah. just the soul yeah the fact that you're stuffing so many in there starting out with the with the orbiter does make sense yeah. For sure. Just making sure you got that thing down to a science. Well, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know. yeah, I mean, you, you've got that down to a science, and you've proven now that, like, if anything were to happen at launch, that thing could take off and land them safely. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's Which the, is, it's interesting, because you think back in, like, the uh, early days, I think it was more just based on what they knew and what they had. It just so happened that, like, they had more technology in the booster side from, like, rocket technology, like intercontinental ballistic missiles and all that. So they already had that down, and then they had to develop the, um, the actual sp- space where people would be, the capsule yeah. where people would be. Um, yeah, it's kind of like reverse engineering. Yeah, but it is the more like modern way. Like right, if yeah. if uh, the Apollo mission had free free range of all te- technology today, I'm sure they'd do the same thing. They would test out yeah. the yeah. to make sure that the actual command <coughs> module and everything would be completely flawless first. Um, and then they'd go to the booster. Yeah. But and, and who's the guy who's the Japanese guy going on Deer Moon? Um, um forget his name. But he they're actually running him through a lot of uh training now and they're actually gonna take him up. I believe he's gotta do a mission to the station possibly as part of the training, I think. Um or like, you know, preparation for the Deer Moon mission or Oh wow. He's he's actually gonna go up in um, you know, does everybody that's on that? I do? don't know. I, that's the thing is, well, I haven't gotten a feedback yet for my application, <laughs> so I couldn't tell you. But they call um, you like a week before. Come yeah. on down to the yeah. Cape. We're yeah, gonna launch you. You're up. going yeah. up to the space station. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would assume anyone who gets picked for that is gonna be. You know, you gotta basically put them through the ringer, make sure they're not gonna freak out when they go. But so you think they're? Are they saying they're gonna launch him on a Falcon Nine? I think like a dragon. I think mission? they are. I think they. I think. Uh, I, I read something where they were actually, he's doing quite a bit of like, I know, obviously on the ground training and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, they're actually, before he goes on that mission, he's going to, uh, to go into space. And I believe they're going to send him to the station potentially. I think, I think that's like part of the mission is that, or part of the training, you know, in, and I think the goal is 2024 to do the actual mission, I think. But yeah, that's, um, crazy to think about yuzaka maizewa i just looked up um i know i know we've we've mentioned it many times before but i couldn't quite remember it either it's it's uh wild to think that that's coming near you know in the in the years uh to come here just not far away i think the estimated uh departure date for that is 2024 so really not not too long away and so it only makes sense that he's definitely getting some level of training and if they are launching it that would i think be the right thing to do you know, get him up on a Falcon 9 with a dragon to see, like, because I feel like, yeah, if you can handle that, you're capable of handling the Starship um, as far as riding on it as a passenger. From an emotional standpoint. Exactly. You know, like, if you go up on the Falcon 9 with the dragon and you're like, I can't, like, don't never do it. Yeah. Like, if you were to go on a roller coaster and after the end of the roller coaster, you're like, nope, this is not for me. Or you're panic like. Panic attacks on planes. Or There's if you no go on a roller coaster way. and you love them, though, and you're like. I want to go on the bigger one. Yeah. Like that's kind of the, but like take that times a lot. Many for, more. For the first, first step to the training, they bring him to a carnival, put him on the tilt to whirl. 
<laughs> All right, he passed that. Check that box, okay? Next thing. Put him on the space station. <laughs> that was yeah. his entry level training. It was just yeah. <laughs> out at the carnival and yeah. like Yep, he's good to go. <laughs> Somewhere in like Florida, just near yeah. the cave, they just find like a carnival, the state fair. Yeah. Put him on a rusty one too. <laughs> just to make him a little bit on edge, you know. <laughs> just like pulling random bolts off of it. <laughs> As he like gets buckled in, it's all part of the preparation. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just some, <laughs> some, some crazy like dude like just doesn't know anything about space. Is that he's the uh, initial uh, trainer for this guy? Yeah, to get him all, you know, try to try to see if he's got the the goods and the right stuff, you know, to go to go <laughs> to the job for you, David. You know, that could be <laughs> that, that would be a job <laughs> yeah, for you. They could. I, I I'd do that. I'd do that. All right, boy. To, to know that you were the, uh, like, if he actually did make it, and it's like he's the first, you know, citizen passenger to really truly ride and, like, invest in Starship, and you're yeah. like, I was a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you getting... think you a space cowboy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> it's, like, almost the, the kind of character, like, in those, I don't know if it's, like, the Mighty Ducks or something where... They're kind of struggling with, I can't remember the movie, if it's Mighty Ducks or something else. You, you guys will probably know. But they're struggling with hockey. They can't go get the handling right. But then there's like this kind of like mentor, like the janitor or something. <laughs> oh, like. no, that was Dodgeball. Was it? Oh, was yeah. it Dodgeball? Patches <laughs> over yeah. You can, yeah. you can no, dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. The same idea, but I think there was a hockey one. Your spirit um, animal is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You could be Yuzaka Maizewa's spirit animal. Yeah. Get him tough the throw, take him, take him to a gym and just throw wrenches at him. <laughs> In a wheelchair. Is he paralyzed? No, he just wanted to do it for effect. <laughs> it's all part of the preparation. I'll give him. I'll give him an old crusty rag to bring up with him as a. In memory of of me, if he you know doesn't come back. <laughs> Oh, the spirit animal, launching them up. <laughs> yep. No one. You're just watching. They're <laughs> at the launch. 44. The spirit animal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're looking up at the launch. You're like, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Taught him everything he knows. He gone done it. <laughs> you look at him go. I fed him 14 so, corn dogs and set him on the tilt wheel, and he survived. <laughs> yeah. Wonder he's wondering if he's thinking about that funnel cake like, I made. Pre-launch, they're like interviewing people, and they're like, "Now we're gonna talk to uh, Izakwa Izakwa Mazea's uh, his, personal his, trainer, his spirit animal, and peer, and personal trainer." <laughs> you're just like standing there with like a toothpick a, in your mouth, toothpick and a Bloody Mary, and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's uh, okay. Well, back to the launch. All right." <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to you, Local 9. We're going to go commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah. you figure, yeah. <laughs> but to come full circle, I think uh, you, you just need to be uh, thoroughly put through the ringer before you're, yeah. you're totally sure you're okay to go to the moon, you know, especially doing a lap around the moon. You know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a necessary step, no doubt. So for them to do that, I, w- I think that would only make sense. Um, but so you haven't gotten your call back. 
No, <laughs> unfortunately, I have not. And I and I actually did fill out the second the the second <laughs> part of the uh, yeah. I I um, I so. wonder if when that will come out. Like seriously, yeah. like in terms of the preparation for the mission, like we're talking. Yeah, I I you know I filled everything out and did the best I could there, and you know. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to assume it's soon. Because they've got to start. I can't imagine they weren't impressed. I mean, fourteen <laughs> followers on Instagram. I, and I have quite, yeah, quite a few. Uh, yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they pick. And we were talking when, yeah, we've when had those this when those when those questions came up about like how many followers. You have to imagine it's going to be. You know, we we're, we're talking like, oh shit! They're at that point. They're going to take Paris Hilton up there if they're if they're worried about followers and the all Kardashians. That kind of stuff, but, yeah, the Kardashians. But we'll we'll see who they pick. Yeah, I, I hope it's. I think yeah, we've had this discussion definitely. I think that was maybe two episodes ago. Um, but hopefully, it's the right person, someone who does have a social following, but for the right reason. Kanye um, West. <laughs> <laughs> um, who has the ability and is capable of managing their way. Uh, through space on a very very large rocket so <laughs> massive massive rocket so to see that uh, spacex is already talking about orbiting with the starship that is i mean the data is not picked but the he's elon musk has stated publicly that he uh, is on track to orbit the starship in the year 2021 so we're already halfway through the year right yeah or close yeah. um that's scary yeah, so you've got not a lot of time, and and to see where he's come with it, sure, like the SN15 was impressive, going up, landing pretty flawlessly. Yeah. Um. Not, I don't, I, I mean, I didn't read deep enough, and I'm sure there was maybe small issues or glitches or errors, but um, emission was a success. So to think that gigantic orbiter rocket is going to be orbiting, and they say it's going to launch from Texas and land in Hawaii, that's cool. That's that's super cool. Hopefully it lands. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that I, I believe, you know, to get it up into orbit, they have to use the booster too. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine that we have some pretty exciting booster tests that's gonna be coming badass. up here yeah. in the next uh, few months. Yeah. It's going to be badass to see the full thing <laughs> assembled and, yeah. and, and make a launch like that. that it's going to be, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the thing's taller than a Saturn V, you know. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's like about the same yeah. Um, slightly taller I think, maybe I don't know if it's same. yeah maybe like that you know the Saturn uh, 5 yeah. has a like big like point to it kind yeah. of like I don't know oh what yeah exactly. I've got a Lego over here yeah, the, yeah. I've got the Lego yeah um, I don't know expert. if it was some sort of antenna but it was part of that you know command module um, the obviously the Starship doesn't have that so it's a, right. a little bit shorter I think but it's but yeah be it's like, massive it's, it's gonna be an oversized version of what you see landing on the drone ships yeah, mass, the, the booster yeah, a massively oversized yeah. version. Yeah, like um yeah, the, even the booster alone I'm sure is is exponentially larger than yeah. the Falcon 9, but like a almost like the bigger brother. Right. Um same general technology uh that we see today with the Falcon 9. So it insane. It's coming up here. It's come it's going to be Speaking of boosters, mm -hmm. China. Oh yeah, China. With their booster, they had yeah. a major issue with the Long March 5B rocket, which is I, I, overall, I feel like a, a fairly efficient rocket. You know, you hear about the Chinese uh, launching to the moon, landing a lunar lander there. Um, they're the first ones to, to land a lunar lander, lander on the dark side of the moon, I believe. So they have the technology, they're, they're capable, but this particular one went awry and a very large piece 
I was reading 18 ton piece of the rocket, the booster, uh, was crashing back down to Earth. Yeah. In it was a, in orbit for like a couple of days, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. it was uh, like to the point where it was going to be a problem. You know, if it's like very targeted and it's a, supposed to land in a certain place in the ocean, I, you know, yeah. just like they had in the space shuttle days where the booster was going to land like out in the ocean somewhere. I think that it just, it was publicly made known by the Chinese space agency. Like, hey, something went wrong here. So like to the world. Yeah. Like, look out. You could have 18 tons <laughs> of yeah. metal coming while back. you're sleeping at terminal velocity. Imagine if that's the way you go. You're laying in bed and you're, you're like just getting ready for work the next day. You made your tea and you're just, you read your book, your yeah. lights out, and then you just get by, hit by like a 18 just ton piece of metal. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. It would suck. You would never know it hit you though. Yeah. No. It would just be game over. Yeah, I mean that's a you think about terminal velocity for something like as small as a penny can ki- could kill you. I mean it's coming at terminal velocity, the fastest an yeah. object can fall, and uh, it would just go like right through you. Yeah, and like the, and it would just yeah. knock you out. You're dead. And to think this is an 18 ton piece falling at that same yeah. terminal velocity. And you would think um, initial thoughts were like, well, why wouldn't it just burn up? Mm-hmm. You know, and the but it was at such a low orbit that it did not even right that's you know exactly that's that's what went awry is that it didn't properly seat itself in the area it needed to um to fall down properly and that's like when you think about all the space junk that's floating around earth it's kind of surprising that more of that doesn't happen yeah like more kind of failures like that you know satellites come down or whatever well they yeah you figure they burn up but like you even the other space agencies like the there's a lot of stuff going up like india has a really um successful space agency but like the esa like the french rockets and all that have you ever seen the time lapse of the amount of whether it's satellites or just Mm -hmm. space junk that's orbiting earth yeah it's crazy from like the you know 50s 60s or whatever up until modern day Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's like it's like bees swarming a nest now. Yeah, you can yeah. like hardly see the Earth when, yeah. when they show the animation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's that's really really interesting to see. Yeah, but this particular one, yeah, didn't quite make it to the proper orbit to burn up correctly, and it landed thankfully west of the Maldive Islands, south of India in the Indian Ocean, just like no issues really. I mean, yeah. they it, it was a lucky scenario, but because it could have landed anywhere, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's just falling. It'd be crazy. So for all the sea life it took yeah. out. Yeah, well, yeah. wouldn't that be crazy, though, if they knew exactly where it was going to hit? They're like, to the T, they knew, mm-hmm. and it was happened to be your house. And you're like, okay, in two days or three days, this thing's going to... This is gonna, all gone. This is all yeah. gone. Like, what do you do? <laughs> Hello, insurance company? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a crater. I'd like, I'd to, like to take out a $10 billion policy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, could you... I mean, what would you... You would just basically... I don't even know. Yeah, because I mean, like you, it's not like you could just rebuild. That's a freaking crater. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the thing's coming, so you have to clearly you have to evacuate, and your neighbors do too. Yeah. Um, Everybody so, yeah. within like the city that you're in would have to. I would <laughs> think like if something struck literally your house right here, this whole city would have to be evacuated. If it was 18 tons, mm-hmm. it's a big yeah. chunk of metal. They said it was like almost 100 feet long. You have to take yeah. vacation days from work because like. Well, there's a piece of a Chinese <laughs> rocket that's about to fucking annihilate my home in the neighborhood too. So, well, and then and then like you're 
your manager's like, well, sorry. You still, <laughs> yeah. that's You're gonna, on a sick that's day. PTO. That's PTO. That's it's yeah. going to have to use PTO for that. It's yeah. going to count towards your PTO. Sorry. I'm sorry, bud. i to write you up if you miss more than five days. Be like, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this chunk of metal is coming down. I wonder, like, uh, you just wonder, you know, that thing hit the ocean. First off, you're wondering, okay, what was what did that look like when it hit the ocean? I mean, that would have been crazy, I think. Yeah. But then at the same time... What if that hit, like, what if actually did hit ground? Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have been close to something like a, um, you know, like an actual meteor or asteroid yeah, or something like, like that, you know? Yeah, I think with the asteroids, the one big difference is that they're coming in with a velocity that's, like, insane. Like, it's not that they just fall through the atmosphere and then kind of catch terminal velocity. They're coming in, like, hot already. Yeah, through through space, so they impact at such a greater speed. But the, even just terminal velocity, for that big of a piece, I would assume it would leave a very big hole. Oh um, yeah, and uh, eighteen tons. Yeah, I'm a, telling you, you'd have to evacuate this city. Yeah, because you, and it, you also don't know exactly where it could land, so you're evacuating probably like the whole region. Yeah, like, and and I Within think that's a, a, probably a couple hundred mile radius. I would think you. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know, like, could it break in half, too, right at the, like, towards the end there and fall in two different cities. Um, It was, it was something I think, all the articles I read were essentially, like, kind of being a little headliner, like, you know, like, oh, there's this big thing crashing down. And then, like, the first subheader is, like, but you don't need to worry about it, you know? Yeah. Because it was very unlikely that it would land on land um, because I think they build in so much contingency, like, to the way that, like, they have programmed into that thing like if it happens to like fail here or here or here or here yeah. like it's still going to be within a bound of like just massive ocean right yeah. it's targeted to go here but it could go left or right or up or down by x amount yeah. and like we've got it covered I mean, we, we feel yeah. we we've had disasters with space travel before but can you imagine if a disaster involved civilians on the ground mm-hmm. well like it would I mean, be it'd be really really tough yeah, yeah. Think of the uh, the little uh, meteor that we we talked about this at uh, a long time ago on the podcast uh, about the the woman who got hit by one when she was actually laying in bed. I think yeah, she was like a long lounging. long time ago. Yeah, she was lounging on her like recliner chair. Yeah, she got freaking decked yeah. by like a football sized meteor. Yeah. Like half of her like abdomen, and she like survived. She was like freaking bruised up, and yeah, <laughs> there was it. The photos are insane. Yeah, she's just like yeah. all black and blue, like entire side of her body. And, but she lived no issues overall. I'm, I'm sure what she had odds issues. Of that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch your head. You think you had a bad day? You don't you think you you think you had a bad day? You think you had a rough week, and then start wearing a hard hat. Somebody in my house. <laughs> somebody's been hit by a meteor in their lazy boy. Honey, are you okay? Yeah, Watch. I just taking precautions against meteors. Here, kids. <laughs> watching Seinfeld, uh, sitting sitting in front of the TV, and boom. Yeah, smacked. Yeah, yeah. I, I that those are crazy photos. Why does Dad wear a bike helmet <laughs> around all the time? Well, he's worried about space de- debris, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing tin foil underneath the bike helmet too, and that's just so that aliens don't interact with his brain. He's good. <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, the fact that it landed in the ocean was good. Fail a failure of the booster, but it ended up not harming humanity so yeah it was all good thank god <laughs> so 
so funny to me. I'm Thank sorry. God. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be that'd be terrible. Even if, I mean... You, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. You guys are talking about a natural disaster where a, a space shuttle comes down. I'm laughing about us walking around in hard hats. Well, I, yeah, I mean, walking around with a, a hard hat or a, like just whatever... <laughs> Like a motorcycle helmet or something like, <laughs> like that a full in your face, house. A full face motorcycle yeah. helmet with a visor. He's yeah. really taking this COVID thing seriously. <laughs> in reality, oxygen just, tank what? on your back. <laughs> Why does daddy have a helmet on all the time? <sighs> Protection from yeah. meteorites. <laughs> meteorites. You got like a cardboard tinfoil yeah. armor around your chest too. You think about like some of the bigger, the way bigger asteroids that have hit Earth. I'm not talking like obviously a lot of them were in more prehistoric times when the Earth was in a much different state in its lifespan. Um, but the like bigger asteroids, the ones that are like 30 feet wide, or yeah. like the ones, and they hit like in the middle of freaking Siberia, Russia. Yeah, and it doesn't harm anybody, but they're like massive. Just to think, one of those would what if it hit, take out like LA? Hit, yeah, Manhattan. Yeah, it would just yeah. it's scary. And I think yeah. I, I think. Even the the size of an asteroid that like is still undetectable, because uh, some of them are coming so quick, and there some of them are undetectable. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really like bank on people on Earth seeing it before it actually hits. You know, right. there there there's plenty of stuff that hits all the time that is sizable. It's like mm-hmm. a big big asteroid, and it still makes it through without any detection at all. Right, that could happen. What was too. the movie we just watched a couple weeks ago? Armageddon. I was just Armageddon. about to say. Yeah. No, yeah. we didn't watch Armageddon, but I was going to say this. We were describing the plot of Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought we watched that. It's got to be far enough out where we know it's coming. We can yeah. launch something up there, go on it, and blow it up. <laughs> see if it, I mean, hit a house. You know, like, yeah. Imagine, like, you know, you're like I said, like you're in, uh, you're just in some remote town even and you're on a farm and it hits your your house you, you i mean at that point you don't even really know where it's gonna hit it could hit anywhere really and there was a wide window of where it could have hit but. yeah crazy david's out on the evening news <laughs> this yeah. scheduled to hit uh this residence here yeah this here is pub 39a <laughs> come on down we got real meteorites here folks come on down now we're open we're open 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Can you imagine if it was like it, your house was the uh, the target of the of the asteroid and you had a little pub and you got the whole community involved? We're like, we're gonna give it one last beer drink, oh, man. and everyone's just like rolling you have up a party be, the yeah, night before. A, exactly like a big outdoor party. <laughs> the, ne- the next day, it's just evacuating. Storm playing, <laughs> strobe lights. <laughs> It's just lights out party, we'd call yeah. it. Yeah, the lights out party for for, for that. Because the asteroid is coming and it ain't going to stop. Yeah. Yeah, it's a scary thought to think about if something's falling like that. Obviously, we said, you know, in this case of the Chinese Long March 5B booster came back in a safe way that ultimately saved I wonder if we could have intercepted that if it, like, if it was going to hit in, you know... Call intercepted it. <laughs> well i mean call it a major metropolitan area like yeah you know indianapolis or whatever it's gonna hit there could we have gone up and shot it down or like done anything to intercept yeah, it i wonder i, I wonder i bet i bet you we could have hit that with i mean we have uh drones that can shoot missiles from 
you know, crazy distances and all that. I would imagine but that thing's we could, like trying to aim at that thing. It's it's yeah. at terminal velocity. Well, you, I, I mean, wonder. I know, I know they could like figure it out with computers, but yeah, it's um, it's weird to think about too. Like to, I, I guess you'd have to look up how much damage, how much how much estimated damage would this thing do? You know, because it's it to us, it's it seems big, but I don't know. Maybe it would just actually like make a big hole, but you're kind of expecting it it's going to take out like a few houses or something. I don't know. Like, would you still, I would hope that they'd still want to shoot, shoot it. Down. Oh, it, it's just, Oh, just a couple of houses. We're okay. <laughs> All right. Like they'd evacuate those houses, but they would, you know what I mean? Like the people wouldn't like get hurt. But if you knew it was coming and it was going to like take out your whole city, we're kind of on, it's going to hit like dead center Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're kind of on the outskirts of Grand Rapids. Would you stick around to watch it come down? Or would you be like, hell no, I'm getting the hell out of here. I think I want to like the furthest location you could. Once I came to terms with the emotional like terror (laughs) of like my, like my life just being evaporated here in Grand Rapids. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to definitely move somewhere else. I'm safe, but I'm going to have to go away. That would be, once I got over that, I would just sit as close as I could. I feel like I'd want to see it. I'd go to like Lowell or like an outlying town just to watch Grand Rapids blow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a weird thought but yeah just because you're like it's already it's inevitable so i might as well just see it go down yeah it'd be crazy it's a scary thought i mean yeah anything falling that fast from that far away could do damage yeah could do damage that's when like chandler and i when we launched the space jam up we had to be really careful there was specific like faa regulations with the weight of our little capsule this was when we just jokingly built like a full rig to launch a jar of jam. It wasn't actual glass. It was within the limits to space to make space jam. It was, it was the coolest project, but to make sure it's all at weight because it, if it crashes down, we're at, we're at near space. It's going to hit pretty much damn near terminal velocity. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully it's a styrofoam box. When you start thinking about that, like the 18 tons, it's a hundred, you said a hundred feet long. I think that was the estimate. Like, if that thing comes in at a hot angle, at terminal velocity, if it hit a building, I mean, you would have debris landing miles away. I would think it would be quite the explosion on the ground there, or the collision, I should say. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, explosion of yeah, pieces. The, yeah. the explosion on the ground, but then, like, anything that got hit by it is going to get projected miles, I would think. Yeah. yeah. It would I be would massive. Imagine. Massive. Yeah. So, thankfully, it did not land on land. Land Woo. on land. <laughs> Woo. Dodged a bullet. It don't land on land. Land yeah. in the ocean. I mean, like, think of, you think about the wave that that created. Like, say it's, mm-hmm. say it's you know, 100 miles out at sea when it hits. By the time that wave gets to shore, I wonder if it was like a big wave came in, you know? Yeah, I'm actually going to see. You just got to rip the tide, bro. Dude, I caught this curl on that wave <laughs> from the rocket. <laughs> From the Chinese rocket panel? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying to... Yeah, Chinese rocket falls into ocean. That was yeah five days ago as to, as from where we're recording. Um, but yeah, there was a while, too, where it was like kind of in speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not, not in like a trying to scare you sense. Like it was pretty rare that it would, it would fall on a land area. But yeah, still, it's... You just hope, obviously, the best for any agency for the 
for the sake of humanity, regardless of where they're at in the world, you hope that they do well. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want their like miss or their uh, boosters coming crashing down on you. Um. Mm. So yeah, hopefully you know, they can figure out what went wrong and it won't happen again. But it wasn't um, too much of a of a scare. But uh, anytime you see that stuff in the news, sometimes where it's like a major asteroid was recently detected and yeah. it was like passing in, close yeah. to Earth. Yeah, like near like Earth or something. Hundreds yeah. of millions of miles away. Yeah, but it's yeah. still w- at least detected as be being like close. Like where it's like, oh, sh- we saw, we at least see it. Yeah. Like it's pretty, pretty close in terms of the grand scale. But uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe would, I'll get hit by an asteroid sitting on my couch. That might be the way. Who knows? Asteroids are a crazy thing to think about to try to wrap your head around yeah. what's all floating out there. So be in careful, the folks. Yeah. <laughs> Be, Moral uh, of the story is <laughs> wear a helmet. Moral story is get your eclipse on tapped hard hat today yeah. for the low low price of thirty nine ninety five. It's also OSHA certified. Yeah, so you can wear it to work, <laughs> and it's high vis orange, <laughs> so you can wear it hunting. Uh. Any any time in your life you need to wear it, you got it. <laughs> Call us up today. 1-800-ECLIPSE-ON-TAP. you got to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's a, probably a good segue into our social media and kind of mm. out into the end of episode 44. If you uh, want to follow us on social media, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at EclipseOnTap or on Facebook as well under uh, if you just search EclipseOnTap. And then we have the website too, www.EclipseOnTap.space where you can find information about the podcast and also listen to episodes on there now, which is, which is cool. And then, uh, yeah, if you like what we're doing, give us a review. Apple Podcasts is probably the most easy, e- the easiest place to do it. Um, if you like what we're doing. So big cheers to episode 44 and we'll see you in June for 45. Cheers. 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 cheers.